0: Do you a salvage operation? Now is the time. X header and O'Neill. Oh, he's going to bundle it in. Chris O'Neill, the youngster, has given hearts hope.
1: I like a manifesto, put it to the testo. Took a trip down to meet the Anarchist Party. I met a goofy guy, he was at a party. Said I know a little Latin and a cousin, okay. Said I don't know what it means. He said, neither do I. Eat natural food, Bake twice daily. Fill your nostrils up with gravy. Don't drink tea and don't drink coffee. Come a yonction, make yonction toffee. Dancing in the disco bumper to bumper. Wait a minute, Where's me jumper. That's me jumper me Jumper, Where's me Jumper, <laughs> that's the disco, vampire, Jumper, that's the Jumper, up, Jumper, that's Jumper, that's Jumper, that's Jumper, Go, go, go Dancing at the disco Oh no, oh no, oh no Dancing at the disco Go, go, go Dancing at the disco Oh no, oh no It's alright to say right. things could only get better You have lost your brand new sweater I know I had it on when I had my tape And I saw sure I had it on in the lavatory, oh Dancing in the disco, go go go. Dancing in the disco, oh no, oh no. Dancing in the disco, bumper to bumper. Wait a minute, where's the jumper? 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 It's all right to say things can only get better. You haven't lost your brand new sweater. You're the face stitches not the type of jumper that makes you inches oh no dancing in the disco go 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 dancing in the disco oh no oh no and my mother would be so so angry and my brother would be so so angry and my girlfriend would be so so angry would be so, so angry. Cause I was touching it in the a scope on fire to Jumper. Wait a minute. Well, you Jumper. Well, you Jumper. Well, you Jumper. Well, you Jumper. Well, you Jumper, oh no.
2: Welcome to the football podcast. Here we dissect Scottish football because basically it's all we care about.
3: All right, all right, all right. We're back for the last show of the year. And uh, this is an incredible show. Incredible with in the fact that we seem to have lost one of our hosts, Hosie has disappeared, so he can fuck off for a week here. We do have Paul Pontius Pilot O'Neill again. <laughs> um sporting quite possibly the worst beard since Frankie Boyle's. Um I don't know now I don't know if folks are aware on this show that Paul uh, had a lockdown beard, he then made a huge thing, he's shaving it off, and now it's back. Paul, can you explain yourself, please? I never made a huge thing of shaving off. I just thought it was funny to have a comedy moustache for <laughs> about <Probably> 10 seconds. Fine, <laughs> OK. So, um, anyway... Forgetting another other, other host as a second. He's what? Forgetting getting other, other host trainers. Well, that's just fucking it's unacceptable. All right.
0: Sorry, I never, got the fucking, I never got a notification through from the, the through Zoom time. But how's
3: it <laughs> We're in the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, as we as we continue this uh, introduction, uh, the word "legend" is bandied about Scottish football too easily. Paul, you were called a legend for attempting to attack Neil Lennon at Tynecastle. <laughs> Jose, you were called a legend for succeeding in attacking Bobby Slamal at Tynecastle. <laughs> So this man here, thank you. This man here uh, is a legend. He's a man that I like to call the chief. He is one of four brothers, three of whom are cunts. He's one that isn't he. It's the one, the only, Chris O'Neill. Evening, boys. Very kind introduction there, boss. Yes, well, I thought thoroughly deserved. Okay, so we'll <laughs> go straight into it. Let's stop fuck about like Hosey does. Uh, weekend game roundup. Done United 2 St. what 1, Paul. Shankland is back.
4: Yes, aye. A great finish as well. Um, everybody says that can he can he step up? Looks like he can. Um it's a good game. I thought Dunn United looked a better team, but um some of them put a better fighter, but I think Kate kinda of sold him down the river with a red card.
0: That was some uh, tackle, Hosey. Did you see it? I did. I was like, fuck it. it's one of these ones where I didn't understand how players, how players can still make the tackles. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? To start me, I thought it didn't look too bad. And then as soon as I seen it, I was like, ah, he started off with one fucking fit. And then fucking like ended up changing it into a two-fitted tackle for like absolutely no reason at all. He was already winning the ball mm. with one fit. It was just fucking like, it was just an absolutely fucking bizarre tackle. And it's like that. It's, it's just asking and saying, "Oh." The, I think oh, on, it was quite the similar touchline. to that. Yeah. I saw it, I think it was quite similar to that
4: Shaughnessy one at the start of the season, where in real time mm. it didn't look that bad. And when you seen it back, you just
3: think, "What the fuck what are they playing?" But I mean, Chris, you're a striker. How do you rate Roland
5: Shankland? Very, very highly. It's a, it's, he's a difficult player to kind of characterise. He's not the quickest, you know. He's not the tallest, but always seems to get in the right positions. I mean, that goal there is just pure instinct. I mean. I think Goodwin said that it left him too much space, but I genuinely don't think they did. He's read it well, he's came off the kind of defender, and the finish is absolutely mm-hmm. exceptional. Right. I don't know if we've got anybody as good as him at finishing. I know we've got stronger players, we've got quicker players, but as, few, as far as kind of pure instinct is concerned, I, I think he's a wee, a wee bit special, to be honest. Uh, you look at all his goals, he's scored so many uh, crucial goals, but also, you know... Technical goals, headers. I think he does have a lot of strength, upper body strength. I know a few people have commented on that that he's, he's really strong at holding off defenders. Mm-hmm. Maybe he lacks a yard, but what he lacks for there, he really makes up for in mean, in his finishing. I think he'll get a big move. I do, and it'll, it'll be very soon. I would imagine.
3: Aye, I mean, Paul. I don't know if you heard the sports scene commentary, but the guy actually said that they'd been imp- and Jonathan Sutherland mentioned this after that they'd been impressed with Dundee United's recent attacking prowess. I mean, they've been gubbed in the last three games. <laughs> a goal. They can't hear you, Paul. Oh, I don't know what happened. Uh, will, <laughs> uh, I don't know where he's got
4: that I don't know where he's got that one for Sutherland because they've been gashed for the last few games. Mm-hmm. And even the games that they were getting points and they, they didn't look for that
3: particularly great attacking. I thought their strength looked for for being a a better unit. <laughs> and St. Mirren, Jose, that's five and the bounce without a win.
0: I, I tailed off after the start of the season, but I, I still they're fine. It's like I think, we've got, I think even even in that game, you turn around, you seen them do what like they were going to get well beaten, and they came back and they've got a lot of fucking fight with them. Mm-hmm. And they are they only going to be an easy game for anybody at all. And it's like, and as long as you, I think the, the sort of demonstration that's always Hamilton, but it's like that. you just stick in you just keep going. you didn't like so get too effective, to be fucking like we one bad result and you probably going to be all right, but I think their ambition is a finish in the Champions League spot might be gone, to be honest.
3: Okay, <laughs> next, the next game we're going to talk about is the Battle of the Catholics. Anybody know what I'm talking about?
0: Uh,
3: St Johnston uh, against our C. Ross County. There you go. <laughs> There's the levels there. Another game where Callum Davidson come out as if he'd won the lottery, even though they got gubbed. What is it yeah, about his fucking, his fucking effervescent nature?
4: I think he's trying not to let the players get too down on themselves, but
5: <laughs> they were they probably should again. They just don't look like they can score goals at all. Mm. They're a funny team because they get getting so many good positions. Mm-hmm. I think they must have the most crosses in the league. They're, they're constantly, you know, that up down the left hand side constantly getting in behind. Just you know, maybe the final ball, maybe not got that kind of mm-hmm. killer instinct up front. Uh, but um, yeah, so it's a difficult one. Um, it's a poor result for them and like I said it's, it's all about points at this stage uh, and it's a, it's a team around them that uh, they've got points Daddy, to so there's my son Daddy, was... sorry sorry, so I... it's all right. sorry. about it's I... alright it's alright
3: he's talking me, sense to you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got haircut he a haircut,
2: it's it's a haircut. A
3: haircut.
4: <laughs> just had a haircut sorry <laughs> I mean, Ross
5: County
3: um, uh, weren't
4: very good either, to right. be honest. No, the, 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 the situation
5: like has been contained. <laughs> 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 Too many
3: unheals about.
5: That's a problem. But, but that's, back. now, I, I can't. I can see kind of optimism in a certain way from from Davidson. They've changed the style a little bit. Um, they probably should have had a little bit, a few more points than they should have had. Um, but like I said, they've, they've got a kind of frailty to lose goals. But it's a lethal combination. You can't put the ball in the net. Eh?
3: In Ross County, I don't know if anybody's seen this weekend. David De Gea shaved his head because of the resemblance to Stuart Kettlewell, which is <laughs> unbelievable. Like I thought, I was I thought it was somebody was joking about, it, but that's actually true. Kettlewell's
5: <laughs> a better
3: keeper. <of> <laughs> well, I <aye. laughs> um, go on to that. So the next game, uh, the battle of the bad pitches again. Kilmarnock two, Hamilton one. Jose, anything to add about that? Uh,
0: what the fuck was this sending off for? It was like that. That was one of the said that offs I've seen in a long time.
3: Like, aye, Paul.
4: I
0: thought. I I don't, I don't
4: know. I think it's it's harsh, but at the same point, he's left his foot high and followed through and caught the boy. Even even Alex Dyer said he went, when you give the ref a, a decision to make, then you can't really argue too much. I, I mean, mean, I don't think it was harsh, but you're seeing Alex Dyer there, Paul. Chris,
3: should he be called Alex Dower I mean, he doesn't exactly light up a fucking room, does he?
5: Oh, he's is absolutely... He's does post
3: interviews, he just
5: doesn't... Zero watch. personality, <laughs> zero personality. But to be fair, he's, he's doing a good job with Kelly they're kind of starting to look like them, their old selves with mm. a, you know, this kind of solid back four and they can nick a goal, that's for sure. And I think the big boy, Kabamba, up front has given them a, a different option, almost in a way like maybe a like Piazzo, but maybe a better goal record, to be fair. But, you know, that focal point up, up there... Um, yeah, you know, I think he's been very influential as Chris Buck, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looked unbelievably fit. He's ghosted past three or four players and played a great ball in again. You know, I, I was talking to Paul about Scotland and obviously... Really? Uh, yeah, I was really thinking Honestly. about that. And I think there was, there was talk about it. Uh, I, I just think he's, he's super fit. He's got an end product. He can work hard up and down that line. Probably a few boys ahead of him, right enough, but... I
3: just think he's been phenomenal for probably is, maybe 12 months now Is that Paul's Tinder profile you were talking about there? No <laughs> uh, um, I noticed as well after, with Cabamba They're now playing Los Lobos Labamba After he scores a goal <laughs> Who, Whose benefit is that for? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I was driving it like Why? You know, In the same way Why is um, Scott Arfield looking at players uh, Fans that are not there And Morelos and all this kind of shit? You know um, Millet, I mean, we'll come on to it, but Morelos said he actually went berserk at an empty hips end when he scored. <laughs> what the fuck is going on?
0: get right on none of
3: you. <laughs> I know. I also like, fuck you! Fuck you! Like, who, who are you talking to? See, I'll take three, Livingston two. Um, anybody want to jump in the now? No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, another, it was another eeksy pixie game for Celtic I, I mean I don't think the score really reflects the game I mean Elisabeth scored a penalty and an absolute screamer Um, but I think you know the fans are a bit pissed off in Neil Lennon playing the same players week in week out and rotating ones that they didn't want rotated like you know
2: mm.
3: Scott Brown being one of them you know he's not yeah. really getting to the I, I said that, that to I've you
2: midweek
4: when you play St Mirren like, I don't understand why he's not had at least a rest playing every minute of every game at his age it doesn't really seem necessary I, I know, so, especially if he's knowing the best of form. You know what I mean. Like if he's playing well, you can understand it. But I think as well that it was Celtic deserved to win the match clearly, but Livingston could have nicked a point at the end with that boy had a similar leader.
3: I know. I mean that's kind of. I mean, the thing that I think that Celtic feels lacking is legs, and you know he's got fucking puns on the bench, which is really bizarre, <laughs> like Turnbull and and
5: and I think you know, players like that. Callum McGregor is domestically anyway. Uh, been unbelievable last two years. That pass and uh, Taylor was actually sublime.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: I know they were talking on sports you know, on Saturday night about. I think McFadden said there was, was a mention of world class. Like, obviously, a I don't know. If he, I don't. I don't think he's at that level. No, obviously,
2: he's not, he's
5: not. but we do shoot down Scottish players with talent, you know. And if he went down to say a Leicester or, or an Arsenal, he wouldn't look out of place. That's for sure. He's got phenomenal uh, football intelligence. And that pass, if David Silver done that pass, he'd be raving about it. Uh, it's just, it's just we kind of tend to shoot ourselves and put ourselves down in this country. But he is a player that I think could be huge coming up for Scotland as well. Well, don't don't
3: worry about that. I mean, we've been putting you doing in the second half of the show quite a lot. So. <laughs> um, what yeah, about,
0: I was going to say, I was going, I was going to say, uh, just on Celtic as well. I fucking really liked the Jetties goal. It was a peach when so I, I really, really nice to take it. It a lot of good balls over the weekend. I mean, and, but uh, what, I, what I impressed me
3: about that goal was he knew what he was going to do before he got the ball. He'd aye. sized it up already and it just it was clinical and I kind of was like holy fuck you know, when I went in it was no sort of goal that um, yep. you really see in Scottish football
5: quite a lot anyway so What do you um, think it was a penalty? For... First do you think it was a penalty to Livingston? Do you think
3: it was a penalty? <sighs> and the, the way the rules
0: are aye although yep. the rules
3: seem different in the Premier right? League like
0: Scottish English Premier League um, aye it's like the rule is the rule wrong rather than the fucking decision. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a, it's a fucking. Sh- I mean, I didn't. I didn't kind of you can turn around right. Write the rules so that it's got to be absolutely, be absolutely perfect. But fucking, it's, it's a penalty by the fucking rules. But he's I, made himself bigger a little bit,
5: and he's slid. And you know he's been out of position. And he's had to kind of get back and put himself in that position. But. It's a bit harsh, but uh,
0: yeah. Your arm, your needs to go somewhere. Come on, I mean? Yeah, it's no, like, yeah. it's like mean, what, what's the natural position when somebody's fucking sliding in? It's I know like you can't. It's it. not. It's, it does. It doesn't feel like an unnatural position, but he's made his body bigger. It's like I think. I think it's difficult to write the rule, but fucking I think the rule it's it's harsh like, as fuck.
3: I think when, it, you, when the, the, the way the rules keep getting interpreted, if you look at what happened at the Mayan Eight game yesterday with the, the penalty that got retaken. And David Ayers' foot th- is an inch off the line. If they're going to do that, every penalty is going to be retaken through the entire season.
5: Both of those decisions were an abomination. By the way, I know. never apparently, it was never a retake. It was absolutely scandalous.
3: <sighs> fucking. Fuck. I mean, you know, I'm somebody who's like, you, I get Vieira," and absolutely, I just don't know. Like, fucking hell, I man. The
5: worst thing is and... the ball was going nowhere as well because it wasn't like the ball was going wide. There was no no Palace players up in the court. It was, you know, it was mm. just a nothing incident. Uh, it's a little bit different from the, the Azure one. I think the Azure one is a penalty, with the rules, but I don't think that one is. That's just kind of hit off his arm. Um, He's okay. not even. It's himself bigger. Mhm.
3: Okay. We'll move on to today. Now I think I'm a typo here. Hibs, What was the score? Hibbs safe code two. Because <laughs> they Safeco didn't. This conceding goals, did it. <laughs> um. What do you think of the game, Paul, and as a whole?
4: Um. I thought it was actually a good game to watch. Aye. I thought first half, I think Hibs were probably unfortunate to go in one all. I thought they'd been the better team. We didn't mean anything special, but, but they'd worked hard and they'd done the things you you have to do to keep keep them quiet. Um, second half, I thought Rangers were the better team. I I do think, I do think Hibs got a bit of, a couple of breaks. So I thought Hanlon was probably a red. I thought I thought, and I thought the, the goal was a mistake. <laughs> I, well, I, I do, I just think he stepped into him and lifted well, him and you asked, yeah, he asked yeah, him. I
0: think, for I think it's a Stormwall red card. Mm. I mean, the, oh, oh, I, I, fuck off. They're both. i <laughs> <both. They're laughs> absolute fucking shite. He's turned totally and stepped in fucking front of him. He's, he's never lifted his, his like, hand, like, up. hand up. He's like, like, like he He stepped across him and fucking, like, he hasn't even got his fucking elbow <laughs> above fucking, like, so his shoulder. He's literally stepped across him. He was like no. ah, a weird, absolute fucking. Thing. I, I'm, I, for what I'm shocked, Jose doesn't think it was a red card. Nah, uh, I think it's a definite, yeah. definite red card. I think,
3: uh, no, I think it was. I think
5: another one potentially could have been as well. I thought it was a bit naughty with uh, the tree, right? Was that
0: really? The, nah, the mm-hmm. one, the one where he sort of like, so like, he like, so he stepped on his ankle. I it was like, I actually thought that that was maybe a red card. That's naughty, wasn't? it? Was it was one. One. So I thought that one was possibly a red card, but also the one, the one we the one reporting as well with fucking Morelos. It's like, oh, Porteus, he's fucking stumbling through his earmark. He's like, aye, Morelos also has a fucking kick at him after he fucking goes down. And it's I like, don't think I like, I was watching <clears throat> on fucking TV, it go mentioned on there, I was suspecting he probably didn't even on fucking Sky. You know. The Porteus yeah, one,
3: Porteus was, was clever in that he was trying to niggle Morelos, which I didn't understand why everybody does not day. Because he's Everybody. You know, the temperament's still shocking. If you go back to the I'll tell you what impressed me about the Hibs goal. Two minutes before it happened, Boyle crossed the ball and Jack Ross ran screaming at him and said, take him fucking on. The next Aye. time he takes a on, it's a goal. And it's a good Aye. finish by Dre Wright, who does impress me as well. I
5: thought, yeah, I've seen Hibs probably almost every game this season, Uh and I haven't been that impressed, really. shocked. but I actually was impressed with them today. I thought they looked very, very composed on the ball. Nisbet worked his balls off, Great. held it yeah. up very, very well. Was a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I don't think he's ready for Scotland yet, but if he keeps in this form for you know a, a sustained period of time, surely is one. But uh yeah, I thought Hibbs deserved the draw. I thought Rangers kind of looked more, more, more dangerous going forward. But Hibbs, I thought Newell someone I've kind of chastised about I thought he, he was very composed in the second well, half I mean I think see, see going into the first
3: half the break time you know it was a horrible mistake by McGinn for the, the Hun goal because he's just lost Morelos I, completely
0: I, um, I, it's like he's turned around and he's basically went to the boy there it's like I didn't come in as a fucking defensive break but he probably shouldn't he probably shouldn't be within the width of the goals there. he mm-hmm. should be picking up Morelos so there probably should be somebody else that's picking him up I've no to be fair, I've no fucking seen like, a, great, a great amount of analysis on what, what happened here, but it looked like he was like, a body too far in. Aye. But he's got a wee on it and just basically left it.
3: Like, Aye, he got feet. drawn to the boy and, and left him hang me. And after I that point, he- just to see though, after that point, um, you know, the first half in the second half, Hunts had 75% possession, scored the goal and looked comfortable. And then when Hibbs equalised, which, you know a fraction offside and fucking Boyd's almost self-combusted. I thought the Huns ran out of ideas, bar the chance we fueled.
5: Yeah, I think like Marciano's three saves, three saves were absolutely unbelievable. The, 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 one, the one for Kent
0: was unreal and then uh, the, the second one for Arfield was one, absolutely one sensational. Ar- the one for Arfield was I It was like that. The first, first save I was like that. he He's fucking left it right at his fucking feet and then it's like the yeah. time that I thought that he saved the second one I was like that. That's absolutely ridiculous. Marciano's a really good shot like he has. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't he, wouldn't he really put any cut in the league above him like in terms of being a shots It's like it's all of his game, his distribution. Fucking isn't he fucking great? Which is yeah. like, an important part for keeper. And he's he doesn't command the box. He tends he tends to get most of the things that he comes out for. But he doesn't really command the box that well. But I it, I like Marciano right? Probably. What do
5: you think Jack will do next week against Celtic? Do you think he'll he'll, he'll sit in? Junkie, I think it's a free hit for him. they're in a good position there's no kind of 60,000 fans there and they've got to go for it and then show a bit I of intent I, I think if he's sitting against Celtic they'll beat
0: you simple as not it I, I think it's the Rangers. That's like you've got to fucking have a pop at it and it's like yeah. Celtic they've actually conceded a few goals they've actually conceded a few goals and had yeah. you look at the fucking Hibs side and it's like the army fucking really set up they turn around the stop teams we score yeah. we haven't conceded a lot of goals this season but You've not been up against that much. No, you've not. And it's like, so you can see you a couple of days, and it's like Celtic are fucking better going forward than Rangers are, I think. Yeah. So you would turn around and say, well, Kim, what you're going to you score to get something in the game this week, there's no point fucking going to try to sit in. It's like, teams date to Celtic all the time, and they've got away fucking still, like said, a way of fucking doing it. a
5: slick pass
0: through McGregor, and they're in behind you, the you Give them uh, opportunity, they cut you open. Aye, and it is. So I think Hibs are going players that. The strength, the strength that Hibs have got, like up front, I think Nisbet and Doig are like, it's a in like a decent partnership. You've got to give them some service and try to fucking score goals themselves, right? That's right.
3: But well, I think, I mean, going back to the day, the the two things that impressed me about the Hibs equaliser was, well, no, sort of impressed me. Hairlander gets caught under the ball, and Doig goes in early, which is key. I mean, ask any striker in the world; they want the ball in early. You know, the mm-hmm. f- right. fucking frustration it must have for guys running up, because then when you see the second after that, the huns have got all the forwards on the park, and they're all getting in each other's
0: way. Right. Okay. It's, it's like it no make, it's like focal point. it doesn't it doesn't create any space. It's like fucking this this is a sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think managers that did that, managers that did that, it's just like just keep throwing an extra right. fucking forward. It's like how are you creating anything right. for them? Like that's that's what the issue is. It was like the day. I, I think Chris was I think Chris is probably enough, like Marciano made a couple of good saves. Rangers never created an awful lot of clear cut chances. They really didn't. They? Like Marciano made a couple of good saves or whatever. Uh like I I think Hunt's second goal was actually a really good goal as well, to be fair. But <laughs> they they tried doing that. They tried doing that about fucking fifty times over the course of the game. I think it worked once, maybe twice. Like fucking where they've actually wise together. The the save that the save that Marciano made that was where a lot so he sharp passes. They're only good enough to play that side of triple they haven't got good enough players to turn around and actually do that consistently. They're playing like the fucking Barcelona they fucking like so 10 years ago, and they are not. It's like, if you, def- if you defend as a unit well against them, they, they'll, they'll struggle to actually create things, is what I reckon. And I think you've seen that in a couple of games this season, where that's happened to them.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, as far as I'm concerned, they're just playing exactly as they did last season. There is not any difference. You know, It's flood the midfield, it's press high... You know, and and if that does the work, you saw the petulance so I,
5: you know. I think Celtic have got the mental advantage. Yeah? I think, you know, as soon as Celtic squeeze or apply a wee bit of pressure, Rangers seem to don't have kind of have the answers. Well, I, I mean, think that was a prime example today. Uh, Celtic kind of go back top of the league, ask Rangers a question, and they've they've kind of bottled that it. again. It's, well, there's no other word for it. They have bottled it so many times I after. Know. Really, I think they've played really well this season. They look, I think look a wee bit different, you know, against the teams at Ibrox have kind of tucked them away pretty, pretty comfortably. But then you look at the same Livingston, they struggle to break them down. I've said the top points again already. So even Celtic, who haven't been nowhere near their best, are no. back to the top of the league. So that's going to be a huge concern. Well, that was the thing
3: three weeks ago. It was going to be Safeco. 11 11 points clear, and you know catch up, and all this kind of thing, and you know three weeks later it's, it's back it's back to normal basically like you know and if, if you're one of their fans I think you're just saying for fuck's sake here we go again like you know because mm-hmm. um, that's a game that they should have been easily they should, a third goal kills the game some stone deed finished and they couldn't mm-hmm. they didn't have the announced to do that so. I think
5: Gerard's body language as well I think Gerard's body language is like that he's almost like here we go again and I think the players can see it on the, the sidelines he's, he's exasperated do you know what I mean um and I think he is a good coach. I think they, and they do play good football, but there's something missing there—the belief or whatever—to get to get the job done in certain certain games. Okay,
3: so taking nobody saw Aberdeen nil, Murwill Free, Who's his favourite player? Scott McKenna's left for Nottingham
0: Forest. Is he actually away? I they call the away. I, I knew that they uh, had a bit of sports around, and they were saying they were saying, that like uh, that, there was a bit pretty much accepted. So, aye. aye. So it is. So Might like, well flee f-
3: up in the first twenty two minutes.
0: Okay. <laughs> 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 unexpected, slightly unexpected result, because I would mean have been fucking like half decent. Seven months like,
3: well,
0: in like, a row. Aye, well last a couple of months. So it was uh, aye, right on unexpected result. I've no seen I've not seen up but, but aye.
3: Paul, are you able to explain um why Stephen Robinson hasn't been to court for battery's girlfriend yet? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was settled Outside the court Outside so the court Oh would they square goal In the street or something Or <laughs> <It> We <was> said <settled.
4: laughs> on that But um, I'm actually surprised That Motherwell won the day After going to extra time And stuff on Thursday as well in Well, in I know Europe. that
3: infuriated you On Thursday Paul Well I, No infuriated But I just thought It was another you sco- you I said I'm actually gonna... For fuck's sake Motherwell And I thought Christ I might They'd be knocked out And then I realised They'd won on penalties And then I realised
5: was stop it conceding goals The Colerain Cole They were t- up Against Colerain They should never be Getting taken extra time Colourney not beat Maribor in a, in a, in a half time. But, but
4: when you're 2-0 up against them and you're into your season you shouldn't be then getting taken to extra time but the the, the main
5: thing is the free Scottish team as well got through so wee bit
3: of shining Aye. light well, um, obviously none of us have seen Aberdeen's game so we can touch on that obviously um, Huns, Wheatling can red imps and so Willem two play Rangers too uh, Aberdeen are playing Sporting Lisbon who have lost their entire
0: Country COVID, I think. Yeah, I think Aberdeen are out, obviously, completely. <laughs> oh. Nah. Um, nah, but... it, it's it's one it's one of them. But it's like fucking that. That's going to disrupt like and Lisbon. Fuck, and you know, it's like, I and Lisbon, a good better players than fucking Aberdeen. I think it'd be fixy, but that's that's a that's a fucking chance for them. That's a, absolutely a fucking chance for them. How many so, players like, have they got missing? 10. 10, 10. 10. Sorry, 10.
4: But I don't know if they're missing for the game or they're just no back like just before or whatever. So I'm
0: not sure how long they're, if they're actually missing the game or not. I never read it properly. But what what I read was that if they've got anywhere fucking white like, sort a positive test, the fucking game can't get played. The game can't get played. So it, as soon as that happens, it's fucking forfeit for. Them. So I it's it, it. wouldn't be surprising if they actually went through because of that. Well, even if they didn't, the players aren't the trainer of like, players that have actually got army training, they've got to be like, so you're yeah. not doing anything for like the best party of, fucking fortnight.
3: Well, of got a fortnight. St- I noticed that on uh, Thursday, the Motherwell Saturday service crew went to a, st- a mural with the King Bully uh, thing. Well, have you got to the Wailing Wall on Thursday, was it?
0: It's a long way you go, it's a long way you go to basically fucking fight the fucking Rangers fans for Motherwell to It's like that. <laughs> it's, it's totally like, bizarre, like, you, It is, it, like, he's a gone to Korea to fight the Huns when Motherwell is fully hunts. It's like, you could just fucking fight them with fucking Motherwell. It's like, what the fuck are you there? <laughs>
3: oh, God. And it, I mean, it's, it's quite funny how Israel is one of the few countries that went back into a full-on second lockdown, but are happy to let Motherwell come in. <laughs> maybe they know something we didn't like you know um, alright so one of the things I'll say is uh, so far I say, well, we're a fair bit into the season uh, Paul who's been your standout players this season
4: oh, it's a tough one um, I think he's not played that much but I think Ajay has really impressed me mm-hmm. goals to minute ratio has been pretty impressive and he's come up with a couple of
3: big goals for you as well um, as someone described to me like, just like Griffiths without the birds and berns <laughs>
4: Yeah, he's only a month in. Give him time, yeah. you never know. Well, it's true, true. <laughs>
3: um,
4: I think McCrory's really impressed me at Aberdeen. Well, like, when they signed him, I, I was What that? Best player
3: the world,
4: didn't he? Aye. Well, when they signed him, there was a of hype around him, and I wasn't actually that convinced. I wasn't sure if he was any good or not. but he's had a couple of really really impressive performances in the middle of the park, but he was centre-half
3: today, the and they got pumped, so I think it's <laughs> obvious he's not centre-half. Hosey, can you get through this bit with messaging Kevin Nisbet Ballando? I mean,
0: <laughs> funny enough, Nisbet <I'd, laughs> Husney, for me is like I've probably fucking seen every minute that he's played, and he's like, and I think he's looking all right, but he's he's selling it. He's selling in. It's I think I think he's seen it today quite a lot. Where he's got many experienced defenders, like fucking half decent defenders that he's playing against. And there was a couple of times where he's like, obviously gave him fucking issues, but you could see a couple of bits of his movement and stuff where it's like, he's turned round and then the defenders read it before he's done it and he's like, what the fuck? They shouldn't be picking that up. And they did. But it looks like he's got a heat. It looks like he's got a head on him where he like fucking he seems to learn a few things. So I could keep fucking developing, which is obviously an ideal for Hibs supporters. But uh, aye, my one, I'm going to go with a Hibs one and it's like, it's Goggitch who I thought would be a good signer and he's fucking kind of transformed fucking the way that Hibs looked. Hibs last season, fucking every single team that we played would just walk through the midfield. And it's like, and Hibs have got a decent defensive record this season. And the reason why they've got a decent defensive record this season is because Colgic is getting a defensive wee bit of cover. The center halfs sort of are nearly as bad as the fucking teams they've looked previously because they've now got a wee bit of cover in front of them. So mm-hmm. it's a huge difference. And, Again, I was kind of expecting that film. I kind of thought that was what he would come coming and day, and I think it has. So it's like so, he's been as expected, but I thought he would be good, and he has been.
3: Um, Chris, can you tell us all the players that should be in the Scotland squad? <laughs>
5: Chris Burke. <laughs> now, nah, I think the players that stood it for me this season, probably uh, you've got guys like Callum McGregor. I think the boy Harks at Dungeon United has been really impressive. Very mm-hmm. tall, athletic midfielder, bursting through the kind of. Central midfield, like i said, say Ross McCrory's has been a kind of standout as well. I like the boy Stuart up at Ross County actually, big gangly Ross, guy. Stry,
3: one of the one of the many neat guys called Ross at Ross County. Yeah,
5: yeah. I think he's I think he's got a a decent football brain for a big guy. A good touch. I think he's I think he could maybe follow London Dykes down south. He's he's got a decent brain for a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think a decent for a big guy sorry. of. Mm-hmm. I, like I said He's got a bit of pace About him as well uh, And I, I, I do think Chris park has been Tremendous for him I think him Four times Is he not Chris Park? <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's still got <gonna> his shag <laughs> uh, Yeah I think get at Hibs Has made a big difference As well I don't You know Without being Magnificent But I, like I said It's given him that protection mm. And so Hibs can kind of Go forward And I, like I said Hibs would always be A bit of a soft touch Where well, long way to go,
3: but it looks a little bit more solid for them there in the middle of the park. I mean, for me, if you're a your club, I mean, I think one of the ones that's went under the radar has been uh, the new goalkeeper, Celtic Sing Barkas. I think he's, he's slotted in really well for, for someone just coming in for a foreign country and all that kind of thing. Apparently a huge character in the dressing room, which doesn't give that impression whatsoever. But up at Ross County last week, he was absolutely outstanding when we were rubbish and... Uh, you know, he had big, big fucking boots to fill or gloves to fill under Fraser Foster. I think he's done all right. The only thing is, though, I do, he does remind me of the guy Pete for Gogglebox every time I see him. You know, the wee boy for Blackpool with the fucking hair and the fucking thing. It's like, they, you know, I've never seen him in the same room before. Um, so, aye, but I mean, there is, it's the same, um, you know, I think there has been, I mean, I, th- I thought it was a really good game the day at Easter Road and I thought it was quite open considering the, what was at stake and stuff. And I'm glad that games like that are starting to appear as a whole because I think a lot of games towards the start of the season many fans were fucking rubbish. And players didn't know what, how to fucking react and all that now. Whereas today, yeah. you know, by the way that's Chris... I mean, I know you're watching Hibs TV, Jose, but if you watched it on Sky, Chris Boyd self-combusted at the end of the game and wanted a full-scaling government inquiry into the referee, Hibs tactics,
0: players kicking... So out. we're back at So we're in the mid-season four, that's about right. it. Aye, but
3: that's what I'm saying. It's like, I didn't mind that. Even Ali the says I don't even mind that you know guys getting in a it and all
5: that kind of thing. And I think, like you said, you're right. When games are like that, can unfold them. You do forget about the, the kind of the, the COVID situation and the no, the no, you know, no crowd. You kind of just get engrossed in the, the game because two teams are kind of going at it, showing a bit of pride, empty and stuff. So there's been a few games where you can ask. The atmosphere has played a, a part, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Uh, slow tempo, things like that. But I think that today was was
0: really really good. I mean, I, I, mean get, I think sorry, go on you go I first. think sorry, I what I was gonna say was I I I think Ken, obviously I'm I'm watching the Hibs games, like fucking that's games I'm watching ninety minutes. See, but I was actually felt like the further we're getting into the season, the mere it's actually feeling like just fucking normal football. Yeah. It's easy I think it's easy to forget that fucking like we never played for six months. And it's like that's a long time talking to two football. And it's like even though there were some friendlies and stuff, I think. Now we're actually getting where players are actually fucking back fucking like actually performing like football players as opposed to somebody who's never kicked the ball in six months. And it's like it's, it feels it feels that way across the league as well. Like we were mentioned earlier about the d I think there's a lot of good goals this weekend. And it's like a lot of the ones in the previous weeks so where I mean, there's you know, a lot of scrappy things or things just punted in for like ten yards or whatever. But I think there's been a lot of, sort of quite well built goals I think that's gonna be just players get back up to speed a wee bit. Yeah. I
3: hope so. I really hope so, it's, um, I think increasingly as we're going into lockdown and in and out and to really knowing, you're realising a lot of things about football, like how part of much of the national psyche it is, how much it helps particularly men, I think's mental health, because, you know, there's a lot of people now, I mean, it used to affect my mental health by watching fucking football and being so fucking engrossed in it and all that kind of thing but I'm enjoying watching mere football now, not just in Scotland, but all over the place and I ever have because I'm kind of looking at it as a different perspective kind of thing, you know? I mean, what's it been like before we wrap up the first half, Paul, Chris, your team hasn't started yet, so are you champing at the bit to get started?
4: I am. There's been a couple of friendlies and I'm paying far more attention to them than I would any other season. Friendlies I normally couldn't think of a monkey's, but it's been that long since we played that I'm watching everything I can get a piece of it does worry me though going into the season a wee bit about like we we should be better prepared to come on to the championship I'm sure right. but we should be better prepared than other teams at that level but as Jose says it's taken a long time for teams to get gone up to the full speed and we've got the semi-final and I think that could affect us going into that game if we were a couple of games under our belt but it the depends how quick <laughs> of course, uh, but just you've, I just I do I do think it takes a few games for them to get up to speed. I think mm-hmm. it's natural. There's no point
5: for so long. Chris, I'm quite um... optimistic about the new season. Like I said, I've had a few friendlies. We're looking pretty sharp. Uh, seems to have put a bit more pace in the team as well. Um, you know, getting the ball out wide. There's a few good signings. I think people are kind of raising their eyebrows at Elliot Fear, but I was actually a player I quite liked at Motherwell. And if you ask some Motherwell fans, they quite quite like them as well. Scored a few goals for them. So, I think we were kind of drastically short in that area with pace, and I think mm-hmm. that'll give us a wee bit of a, an outlet next season. Um, and, and like we've got boys coming back, Naismith, Smith, White and shown a little bit of promise in his pre-season, but uh, Walker seems to be up <laughs> to speed. I think the boys have reacted a wee bit to uh, to, to Robbie Nielsen as well. So. Yeah, I think it's quite positive to be fair
3: for for next season. Okay, well that game. well that's a nice segue into our kind of championship preview. Right, so aye, the championship. So I guess, Paul, the big question is, can Hearts win a game this season?
4: <laughs> I'd like to think so. Um, we should be coming up pretty quickly. Um, obviously, the, the, the thing that gives me the fear is no starting quick enough and it's not a full season. Mm-hmm. So if you have a couple of bad results, it could, it yeah. could damage
3: you it's a bit Especially like, it's a bit like um, what can I say oh aye the MLB American League where Boston have lost 368 games in a row <laughs> and they're <shy. laughs> but aye no I, I know what you mean um, but I mean the, I suppose the, the thing Jose is um, is there anybody that can realistically challenge Hearts this season in the
0: championship I mean I I I think what Paul said actually fucking like by on it's a shorter, a shorter season means that there's less room, there's less room for slip-ups. There's a lot less room for slip-ups. It's like if you turn around and make a fucking, fucking like a game against somebody, it's like that. You've only got two more games to like make up against them. So if you turn around, if House lose to I don't know Dunfermline, Dundee, or somebody, then you've got another two games against them. But okay, but you need to then win both the games to actually fucking end up sort of positive against them, like over the course of the season. It's the shorter the season, where you mentioned baseball was actually fucking bang on. It's like, because that's normally what a stupidly long season where right. it's like it's 162 games. This season is 60, and you turn around, you look at the signs that are doing well in it, and it's like there's ra- the random variants in these fucking things. So you end up with bad break of the ball. Happens in football a lot. Happens in football a lot. The longer the season is, the more that gets fucking even, dude. I think. I think has would have to be unlucky. Not you know, fucking like, so you basically get promoted. To be honest, it's like we've got miles better squad than anybody else in the league. It's like so you would you would assume you would assume that fucking Hills should come straight back up. But, What's the first two games of the season again, Paul? For but, us? Well, we start. That's the thing.
4: The first two, the first, three are, two the first three are Dundee and Inverness. You probably be your rivals
5: so if you so drop into if, if you win those two, first two or three games. Will we'll literally run away with it and probably win almost every game, bar a few roads. That's what I think. If you get a bad start, it can put the pressure on right away, like you said. You never know. I, I think as well. I got a couple of good players. I, some of the teams, like Dundee are no bad, they're all right,
4: but they're not consistent enough. So I'd be, that's why I'd be really disappointed if it never came back up. Like Dundee United played 27 games last year, or 26 and we're 14 points clear. Mm. So that's the same length of the season. And Dungeon United you know, drop points in 10 games. Mm-hmm. I'd be fucking to be dropping points in 10 games.
0: That. That, that that would be one of them that I would say with we'll the as well, where it's like, it, it looks like there's a lot of sides, but it doesn't know that there's one exception or one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's no like, they'll all drop points against each other. Mm-hmm. That's I think, That's what I think oh, there's, a, that's there's, I think there's the standard. There's, aye, there's a four or five sides that didn't look like there's very much between them, so you're not expecting to win all the games in between names so fucking isn't it isn't like I don't think it's going to be a two horse race I think if Hertz are in it like I think if it becomes fucking sorry, competitive then if Hertz are in that fucking sorry, bit it's like there's a lot of tricky games there's a lot of tricky games like fucking I games against Doug Firmland Dundee uh, Inverness, Inverness all of them are going to be fucking, fairly fucking ropey fucking games for like all of them fucking, say do to do it if Hertz didn't fucking tell to make a good start they didn't make a good start, but I think if they make a good start, don't, don't like, walk though, it might be too far. But I mean, Paul, Dundee,
3: Dundee, have they now got the best player in the league or is it just his sister's pants that are the best?
4: <laughs> I think um, if you ask Chris, he's probably the best player in Scotland ever in, oh, in, in the Championship. But, um, that's well, a, that was all it's in a <laughs> it's, a, it's a good sign then. It, it is. Like, he he's might not have the, the same... Same legs he had or whatever, but he's still got a good left foot. And if he gets space... The problem, is, I suppose, in that league is getting space to actually... A good left foot. But oh, okay. was
3: just a oh, great God. left foot. All right, Chris, I mean, uh, coming up for England, Charlie Adam, need dentists in England? Or? What's that? Need dentists in England? <laughs> I
5: not. <mean, laughs> going back to Charlie Adam, no, going back to Charlie Adam, I think, honestly, I think he's kind of maybe put that second team... Uh, a little bit of space in between kind of the rest and Dundee I think they will be our biggest challengers um, because I think they, that kind of gives them that star quality to beat your kind of Alois and Inverness at home and things I think people underestimate how much an influence he'll have and I think he's got good players around him I think Hearts will win it comfortably regardless but I do think that they are our biggest challengers for sure I think they'll win a lot of games at home Charlie Adam he'll score set pieces he'll score penalties his corner free kick delivery he'll score goals for sure I think the biggest probably Dundee is
4: McPake's not a very good manager.
3: Like, I, I agree.
4: The Dundee fans they don't like him, and like, yeah. they, and he keeps picking Jack fucking Hamilton. So if he
3: didn't win mean, for that, then I don't know. Like you know, I don't know what the, the obviously the investments went are needed on firmly with the German people if they have got to put more money into square and that. But I think him Burness will be Hertz's biggest challenge. Just cause Robertson knows the league inside out, and the players know inside the inside league inside out, and you know they've been pretty um, consistent for a while now. I no, I think
4: I think Inverness have been punching
0: above the week for a while. And I think Robert's been up. I think as fuck. I think <laughs> I mean I think I think Inverness, I think, I should have read something where it's like every season since they went down, the budgets went down consistently mm. every fucking year. Which oh, understa- understandable understandable the first couple of years, but Robertson is basically performing at exactly the same fucking level, like every fucking year mm. we're spending less money. It's like I, he's done a really underrated job in Inverness. To be honest, it's like that. I think probably Shawnee he would be a good manager. Derek, they came well. whether fucking like he would actually be able to step up or whatever. Like fucking, but I think the job that he's done there is like be fucking absolutely exceptional. So,
3: right. Actually, went <laughs> past his house in the summer. It's not actually in Inverness. It's in a wee village outside it. Like, but I wasn't doing anything. Like, I just was in a car. I wasn't there, like standing there, okay, <laughs> weaving in or anything. Um, also
0: I've got a relative okay, how do you come with his styles?
3: because I've got friends in Nairn and they pointed <laughs> the out where it fucking was and it was like okay
0: that's for enough I can't, even,
3: I can't even remember where the fuck what the fucking name of it. it's a strange name I'd never heard the village's name in my life but they were like "I hey, Robo." probably good there. that we
4: didn't name his
3: hoose on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> we'll will find out a village
0: with six hooses in it i you stay somewhere in that village six hoosies.
3: <laughs> but er uh, <laughs> Aye, so uh, Inverness I mean, is there any other threats that can come for you anywhere? It's I mean, like air, air
0: have, been, air have been pretty good the last couple of seasons mm. it's like you turn around it and it's like don't know it doesn't seem like there's much exceptional there but from, you didn't can hearts, <laughs>
5: like hearts have obviously trimmed their squad to maybe 19, 20 players as well so if you got a few injuries <laughs> Trimmed
0: their <a> squad? <laughs> <Boyce. laughs> it's already it
5: about 100 injured.
0: players Sure,
3: surely basement would be get injured. That can't happen, could it? <laughs> well, I need need the target problem. him next season, like yeah.
4: I think the problem is is what Jose said though is like there's there's individual like difficult games and teams will raise their game against us like owl away on that pitch. And Andrew thinks a hard game
3: away as well, especially
4: that wind and that because we're playing them in like in the, in the middle of winter as well up there.
3: Yep. Oh, Dick so Campbell. I have been, the, been the, the thing is, though, so, if you do play Arbroath in the middle of the winter, like i.e., first couple of weeks in January, it'll be his brother who's a manager. Because I don't know if you know that, but Dick Campbell's got on his contract. He has two weeks in Dubai, the first two weeks in every January, and his brother takes over <laughs> the team that's absolutely true cool, <laughs> that,
0: that, that is a man who cares what he <laughs> wants with a contract like, that's fucking
3: impressive fuck. I was, I, honestly we, we could do a podcast on Dick Campbell I, I know a guy he used to, he used to work for C.R. Smith and he said honestly the sales techniques he had was fucking frightening like, he was like he literally followed a guy at his house one time in, in at the front door and everything and sat down beside him <laughs> even though the guy was in the actual showroom to begin with like Ken yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to give a fuck like yeah. But um, it should be interesting. I mean, I just hope on a on a kind of mere serious note that you know, was the fact that the championship getting played not till October because I think they thought there would be fans back by then.
4: I think it played a part definitely. That, that but, was the hope. I mean,
3: that, was, that was
4: totally the hope. I don't understand why it was twenty seven games. It could have been a full season played mid weeks and whatnot. Mm. We didn't get international breaks anyway in that, that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so there's no two or three weeks A season for that So, you could have played You
5: not I think In fairness, you wouldn't have got four games Off your season, Dickens, you know. <laughs> uh, I do think, you got a good start You win the first couple of games Sets the tone I think we could, we could definitely go and beat him For uh, sure and, and if you, and you lose the them? What's that? If you lose, <laughs> like, if you lose them I mean, I mean, I say, do you get off to a good start get nine points at nine, for example And we, you know You just don't
0: know But uh, I doubt it I, can, I, can I just put a weaker player in fucking SPFL? Mm-hmm. How can Herz will be played at Dez Park on the last day of the season? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't hide. It's the like, <laughs> seriously. It's like Herz gone for the league on the last day of the season at Dez Park. It's like, you need to make stories, man. Fucking hell.
5: Exactly so. how
0: the Harts fans feel that they
4: were fucking senders over the edge. <laughs> uh.
0: I, I actually heard I this didn't week have, I, didn't, I didn't
3: have many that I, I actually <laughs> heard this week that when Hertz played in the cup final um, the week after the Lost League at Dens Park do you know the first thing Alec Macdonald had today after Hertz lost the league at Dens Park he had to go to Hamden to meet Alec Ferguson to toss a coin to see what strips they would wear in the cup final and they lost that <laughs> as well and played in the Silver Tops that's absolutely. Like, actually It's obviously a, a
4: relief for that But like Did you see like, The highlights of the games Just yesterday mm-hmm. Two of the games Four teams were wearing all
3: blue What the fuck was that about My wife said that And honestly like, what's going me, on here I, I literally couldn't uh,
4: uh, mental. The kind of games of it. I couldn't make out Who was who
3: Aye And unfortunately I couldn't make out Murray Davidson Who continues to never Cut his hair or shave his face Ever <laughs> What the fuck is it With that guy Anyway <laughs>
0: Where was the last time Hibs played Celtic and
3: both of them were wearing their home <laughs> It used to be that Hibs and Celtic designed their away tops according to no being like the home top of the other team and now they just do not give a fuck.
0: There's, little, there's literally one team in the fucking country who would clash colours with and fucking both fucking Hibs and Celtic are both wearing to get like all green away
3: tops. I know. I'm assuming we'll wearing black or something like that. Anyway, so... This, this is a podcast, and we, you know, we could we want to fight other podcasts like, and I think we've got a good team now, four here. again, fucking, you could scare go anybody. I want to talk about BBC Sports Sound in general because I think, I mean, as a regular listener, and people, what the fuck do you listen for? I mean, it has literally just become Radio Safeco, like, or say become, it's been like a years, but they're literally not even hiding it now. But even so, I mean, is it, does, does the fucking level of analysis on these programmes befit? Scottish football and Scottish football fans.
4: I, I don't know. I think it's straight. No. I think it used to be that I really enjoyed listening to. It. I actually thought they made an effort to make it insightful. Mm. But now it's the same guests all the time, and they're they're kind of going down quite often. Go down the route like talk sport when they just comment with some kind of like ludicrous topic, and it's like it's deliberately to annoy people to listen to it or to comment on it and. Uh, for me it's, it's
3: went didn't help so much. I mean Craig Levine's on it every week. He's no funny. He thinks he's funny, but he's no funny. Why does he keep getting employed? I mean it was like did any of catch the last
0: this episode. E- YouTube, sure. yeah. Did any of catch the last
3: episode of the Tottenham game? Tottenham documentary Big pardon. i it yet. So I honestly, see. there is the I mean and this is Clovinia T there is the most David Brent moment ever in it. Where Daniel the two players leaving, and Daniel Levy says we've got things for you right, and they're like two wee trophies, and he hands them up to them, and they kind of look at them as if to go, is that it? And Daniel Levy goes, we'll get something inscribed on them later, like. What the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And Levine's like that. I know it's like he puts his wee puns in there, and he thinks, and then he laughs himself first. And then you get Daryl Broadfoot, who's the most pompous cunt ever, you know, just talking Well, the rules state this and the rules state that. It's like let me tell you something. If there's one thing that the hierarchy of Scottish football do not give a fuck about, it's the rules. So why they've got a cunt on the retainer trying to fucking tell you them anyway. But what I mean, the thing the thing is, Chris, as a professional football player that you've been, do you think all football players are knowledgeable on football? No. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? No,
5: they know. They know to no. play, it, but Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, what I noticed was is that a lot of football players don't fucking even like football. <laughs> <laughs> when I played, when I played a lot of people tried to cuz I was football daft, I was like in the mm. encyclopedia I was always talking we weren't going on holiday and all that. Trying to talk about football, like, shut
0: the fuck up, Chris! I'm having
5: a pint. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was like.
3: it was like, "That's exactly what I that's Castle just football to you. But yeah, now a lot of people aren't that passionate about football, really. To be I rem- Chris, I remember you saying years ago that if a football fan went into the 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 town and I suppose it would be the same as any club, for one week, they'd probably never go back to a football match. Behind closed doors go back to where, sorry? Ken, if a football fan Went in to see what it was like Behind the scenes At a football club yeah. They'd probably never go back To a football match
5: No They wouldn't It's not that glamorous And there's There's a, it's a lot of Backstabbing A lot of <laughs> funny characters You have to deal with uh, See I think Danny Rose Has got a Spot on even He wouldn't really wish it upon his, his kids to be a football player Aye It's a tough <laughs>
3: Uh he see. I mean, I've seen you know, him again go by to that Tottenham documentary. Seen him in that tournament, He doesn't give a fuck, does he? No. Just wait, any Mourinho. What the fuck's going on, you? <laughs> Mourinho's <laughs> like, <"Wait>, what? <laughs> uh, he's not fucking that forward. He's not backward what they're going forward. Eh? But I suppose all right. It's time now, Paul. I know you've been gearing up for this for a long time, probably thirty-four years. We're going to talk about Chris's <laughs> football career, and um, I'm going to name the clubs. I'm going to ask Chris to tell a story and experience for him and you can jump in at any time. So first of all, Chris, you signed with your boyhood idols, Grant and Star. No, Hearts. <laughs> um, what was that like as a fan to sign for the team that you support? It was, it
5: was amazing. Obviously, Grant and um, uh, John Grady and uh, Alan Carney were the, uh, the coaches there. And obviously, Derek Ryder and all that all those kind of guys were in the lower what teams. Ever to him? It was a really good, good, good football club. really enjoyed my time there. And there was talk about Motherwell watching me, and I was really excited about that. I, I kind of just exploded on the scene when I was about 12 or 13, started scoring a lot of goals. And then for for a few weeks, they were saying Motherwell were interested, and I was like, was oh, you know, I'd be excited to go there for training. And then John Grady pulled me aside, he goes, it's actually no Motherwell that are interested. It's, uh, I didn't know what to tell you, because you, I wanted you to concentrate on the game on Saturday. It's hearts. And uh, I remember... He was uh, just running home, just sprinted home all the way, like must have been about two miles down the road. Fastest there, ever uh, in your career, uh, 12, right? A 12 12-year-old, I think I was, I just sprinted home, so excited, and I think that excitement probably stayed with me for about eight or nine years. <laughs> until Paul grew uh, up, aye. until Paul grew up, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly it, it was a bit surreal. Uh, it happened all you know, very quickly before I knew it. I was signing S-forms, mm-hmm. I think my first ever game it was a friendly against Celtic I scored a hat-trick at in, mm-hmm. and right away they wanted to at first it was just a trial you know just go right. training with Hearts stuff. and I remember the quality even at 12 13, from Grant and taking at Hearts everybody was What the sort of players were the there world.
3: at Hearts that people would know when you moved for originally? Uh,
5: originally Mark Butcher was there when mm-hmm. he was young um, Robbie Neil, Robbie Nielsen was there uh, that was maybe a little bit when he was 12 or 13 actually when he came in uh, we had a really, really good team Brian McCulligan I think he played a couple of first team games for Celtic I don't know if you know that name mm-hmm. It was a lot of kind of The same kind of players used to go to all the kind of same teams So mm-hmm. they would always go to Hibs at training Celtic I went to Celtic a couple of times uh, So you, they were doing the rounds You would play with the same players But it was a kind of cream of the crop From kind of Edinburgh, Glasgow Burchell was was, was probably the best striker at that age mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He was He was phenomenal I would like to say, from that moment I scored the hat trick against Celtic, it, it, it kind of just took off They, they, they wanted to sign me on S form, and I had a lot of teams interested in me around fourteen, fifteen year old, as you know, kind mm-hmm. of Arsenal and Man United and, and all that. After a kind of few successful Milk Cups that I had down there, mm. uh, and, then, and it, yeah, it happened quite quick. But I just my heart was set on Hearts right for the kind of word go. And that, see, as an
3: S form, and then as a youth player, what kind of stuff was expected of you at Hearts at that time?
5: Uh I remember, um, you know, going into the the ground staff and all that. It's mm-hmm. uh, one of the hardest kind of lessons. You're out of school at four, 15 year old, and you go into a, a totally different environment. It's just mm-hmm. a, a very kind of, you know, you get initiations. You know, I remember Colin call, call, Cram tied my trainers to the top of the floodlights at Stingers. <laughs> it was like a hurricane. And I was a scrawny 15-year-old mm-hmm. climbing up. I literally could see the whole of Edinburgh. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm holding on to the floodlight,
0: absolutely shaking like a leaf, thinking I'm, I'm going to die here. i fairness, <laughs> <that. I feel laughs> this. That means that one of the best players had actually done that just to wind you up. It's a sign of respect, really. It is a sign of respect. <laughs> um, but I was i was
5: literally feared for my life. And all the boys are at the bottom pissing themselves laughing. <laughs> Uh it was, it was literally, it was like that every day. It was a bit of survival, you know, you're going mm-hmm. into an environment where you have to look after yourself. It was like, you have to give as good as you got. And there was a few bullies in there, don't, don't mind saying it, they would try and kind of get under your skin. Uh, the, the coaches were really, really, you know, strong on you sometimes. They would make you feel pretty low at times. So it is, it's, a, it's kind of survival of the fittest at that. Are they Ground trying staff? to test your character? Like, see if you can actually... Absolutely
3: you
5: know, surviving the big boys league kind of thing. That's
3: exactly what
5: they're
4: doing. Do you think uh, that's missing now? What's because that? Coaches don't yeah. do that in the because it's all more sort of technical at young ages and stuff. Do you think that's missing a bit like in terms of being harder on young guys? Absolutely.
5: Uh, and I, I, it doesn't do any harm I think to kind of to have that, that kind of grounding but I think some of the coaches took it too far a little bit. I mean mm. Paul Hegarty was a coach uh Dundee United legend. Aye. He was a youth team coach and he was right for the Jim McLean school. You know, mm-hmm. he was old school as you can get, you know, you'd run, you would, like, the first three years was absolutely like, it was like that NCS program, you know, mm-hmm. the one, you, the people quit and all that. Aye, aye. It's like, who, you quit, who can quit? Who can last this? So you're running around for Sheet in the, in, the, in the freezing snow and then you would get back to Tyne Castle and you're about to tuck into your dinner and, and Paul Hegarty goes, didn't eat that, on the track at two o'clock for mere running. And it was like psychological kind of warfare, you know what mm. I mean. Uh, so at times I wanted to give, I wanted to give in quite a few times actually. If it wasn't hearts, I probably would have. But uh, eventually, once you become a pro, uh, so it's, it's all worth it because you kind of get all the perks and stuff. But being on the ground staff was absolutely you know, ask anybody; it's, it could be torture.
3: I mean, you progressed really well, obviously, through hearts and and for levels. Um Elsewhere, but I mean, can you talk to us about what it was like to play and, and score in the the BP Youth Cup final, which was a huge tournament at the time in
5: Scotland? Yeah, Uh obviously Hearts had kind of had a good history in the competition. I think that famous team of kind of Gary Locke Paul, uh Paul Ritchie, Alan Mannus, they had won it
2: mm-hmm. about
5: four or five years previous, I think that was the first time we'd ever won it. Beat Rangers at Ibrox three one, and Hearts took two or three thousand fans through. So it was a it was a trophy. I was obviously brought up with as a Harps fan uh, so t- and we never had a really good team at the time we were, we were kind of bottom of the league for the youth team and we were like I said it was Paul Hegarty shouting at us every week and Peter Houston going through us <laughs> so the cup was kind of a nice wee release and eventually we kind of progressed through the rounds we beat uh, Aberdeen in the semi-final all of a sudden we are at Tyne in the final there was about 6 or 7 thousand people there uh, it was a dream come true I, mean, I scored the second goal it was a, a fantastic night where the celebrations were magnificent, but that would probably the highlight of my heart's career, even though you know, played for the first team, I would say that was the best night because mm-hmm. it was just a, a tournament that was, you know, to win a trophy, and it was quite he, good, and the ma- manager I take, at the
0: time, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I take it take that was, that must have been the biggest crowd we had, distance that you played in front of you at that point, was it? Absolutely, I played a few games in the Milt Cup,
5: the tournament in Northern Ireland, which mm-hmm. is, right. is very famous, we played a few games that kind of in Belfast and the showgrounds in Coleraine, uh, and it was four or five thousand there. We played Man United, but right, yeah, it was probably the biggest crowd I played in front of. Yeah, uh,
0: I suppose I suppose that was your first big partisan crowd, where it's like council actually supporting people rather than putting to see Man United or whatever.
5: Yeah, uh, it was good because obviously that was a home a home draw. We got in the final, so it mm-hmm. gave us that advantage. But uh, I, I know my family were in the in the crowd and all that. So when I scored, I made a beeline for them. Could see them. It was quite emotional, but. Yeah, but that was a great moment, to be fair, to score in the youth cup final and I think Hearts were won the Cup final that week as well. And obviously we got John Robertson came up and, and congratulated us and Jim Jeffries and all that. So it was it was a great week that actually to win our first trophy in thirty six years and plus win the youth cup. Mm-hmm. And obviously be part of the celebrations. You got brought out at Tynecastle. Because uh, you
0: parade the youth cup before before you've done the the Scottish Cup parade, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So was, I, uh, I can remember my wife I can tell you spent I see Chris. <laughs> like what? I the, parade, I was yeah, like, so How the fuck's here? here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant to the fucking crowds. You went. No, he won the pitch, The one the Union stop. How was that? You just can get the actual fuck. We've just been relegated. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, uh,
3: that, uh, that story took a turn for the worst quite quick. There. Um, <laughs> no, obviously you made your first team debut uh, in uh, 1998. Yeah. Uh can oh, you talk- just inform be- people where that was? Uh, it was at
5: Ibrox Stadium? Uh,
3: Can you inform people the 50, abuse you took.
5: <laughs> Fifty thousand people. Yeah, it was quite a, it was a, quite a funny one because I was, I was kind of training with the first team, obviously, but I didn't think I was kind of close to getting any game time or anything. Mm. And I, I remember the day before training, uh, the day before the match, kind of we were training, and I, I scored a couple of unbelievable goals at training. It was just, you know, I was, was, I think Jose Quatongo chipped it to the back post. It was like Pele and Escape to Victory. It was literally the best goal. Billy, Br- Billy Brown said it was the best goal he's, he's ever seen, full stop. It was. A, I don't know how I jumped, but it was a scissors kick for about 18 yards. And it went right in the top corner past Roosie.
2: Mm-hmm. And
5: I was like, I, I got I got. up so high, I winded myself when I landed on the, on the floor. I was like, I can't believe I've just done that. Just that cool, that cool, pretend you do it all the time. <laughs> it was like one of the best goals I've ever scored. And I don't know if that kind of just gave... Jeffrey's a wee like, well, this, this boy's got something about him if he can kind of do something like that. And I don't know if that was directly related to getting on. But next again, the eyebrows I obviously got, I got the last 35 minutes or something. So you've mm. got, it, it's like taking your chances, you know, I, I could have just done nothing at training that day and it might have led to nothing, but obviously I've had a, a good day and... <laughs> and then ended up playing next Ibrox and, it's and what
3: big. was it? I mean can you explain what it's actually like to be you, you come on there's 50,000 people there are you aware of the crowd are you aware of them shouting at you are you aware of
5: the noise or are you about to focus it out I was and, and I, it was the weirdest thing because I'd never felt one shred of nerves at all no, no, no I was so I was so calm I was quite excited about going on actually and I was kind of getting warming up in the hearts fans and I seen Lee Mayco go down injured uh, and Hank Jeffries pointed to me to come across and get you kind know, of stripped, didn't it? I was just quite excited about getting on to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was quite, you know, a cocky wee guy at that time. I was quite confident in my own abilities. So and that, <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've got to believe in yourself and that's probably what got me into the squad in the first place. So I don't I was like, he's not gonna put me on if he didn't believe in me. So I don't know. I played really well when I went on. I actually seen a lot of my friends I took a corner. And I seen a lot of my friends for kind of school. It was so bizarre. Uh they were all like, All right, Chris, I have having a wee conversation when I'm taking a corner? But uh and it was good. I got severe abuse from the Rangers fans, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> so obviously within that period, and this is a period I'm really interested in, you went to Clyde Bank on loan. Who would you just let people know who your
5: manager was there? Uh it was Ian McCall. And what was he like? Uh he was an absolute maniac. Right. So and I mean tell like, us the highest order. He was a, he was a nut job. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nah, he was a he was a phenomenal guy. He was one of those guys you would you, would, you, you want to play for. I'm um, I not say he was a tactical genius or anything. He was just one of those guys that was so likable. Uh, he would you know it was the same with Jeffries. You'd run through a brick wall for them. Uh, he'd always give you praise when you when you done well. If you didn't work hard he would let you know about let you know about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember I missed a sitter against Airdrie once, and uh. It was the last minute and we were kind of bottom of the league the championship. And it was like a yard out or something. And I actually lost the ball in the floodlights at Capolo. Mm-hmm. I just, it came to me and I just like, I just launched my head. I lost the ball, hit the bar for about a, a yard out. And, and like, he went absolutely ballistic at me at, at, at the end of the game. You know, talking about livelihoods and, you know, we're going to cost this club relegation and all that. But, but in the flip side of it, he would always kind of praise you and that. He thought he thought I was a really good player. Actually, he'd always he would always uh, compare me to some some good players I played with and all that. He said, ability wise, I've not seen many as, as good as you at, at the time. And then you also went on loan to Berwick.
3: I mean, um, is that Berwick was a funny club, wasn't it? Like for the kind of players that they told for, you. where was the training about for Berwick? I don't know. I never went. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> I just turned up for the games, eh? because nah, I went I about just after I got released. Mm. uh the Hearts and uh yeah, to played a few games under Paul Smith. I think is it who's it Rafe now? Uh, I right. had a, a couple of boys, you know, Mark Anthony mm-hmm. played for Celtic. He was All a right. really he was special player. Uh,
3: uh, Darren Smith as well. So all the guys were Edinburgh. Yeah, was, well, I don't think one guy was for the borders. Aye, it was a strange set. Up. But obviously, so we've cut into the year two thousand. I mean, you were um, started that season flying. Um, we actually, yep. as 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 folk have already heard, played your goal at St Johnston, which was um, was it the handy God or? Handy God, yeah. That <laughs> was never a handball. I thought it hit my chest. Eh? Um, and then you set up the second goal that day. Yep.
5: That was I uh, was yeah, the cross was probably more pleasing than the 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 goal actually. I was a bit embarrassed by the goal. It was uh, live on sky and like stumbled in and it hit off my arm and uh, but but it was a bit surreal, you know, just running back thinking I've just, just scored for hearts, but it was like two one down, let's get back to the halfway line and then I put in a great ball for Tom Machik. Uh, and then you
3: ran to Jim Jeffries.
5: I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I ran all in for the park. Uh the adrenaline was frightening. I just set up an equaliser, you know. Uh, the Hearts fans were kind of going
3: um, right, up, right the goal. Aye And a couple of weeks later You were on the bench Against One of the best Celtic teams ever um, Yes You know Larson Sutton You know Valharan McNamara fucking, You know Baravchuk Who ran riot that day um, What I mean what was that like Is that What do you think Christ
5: almighty This is a big time now right? I was more nervous that game Because mm. th- uh, um, We were 3-0 down at half time mm-hmm. And I got told to get warmed up I came on for Darren Jackson mm-hmm. And, um, I was more nervous because we you know i we I I was like, this could be seven or eight, and it's going to be embarrassing and I'm not going to get a touch. But uh, I done again. I done. probably my best game for the first team. Mm-hmm. I came on and set up two goals. Well, I got fouled for the for the free kick, and then I uh, set up the goal for Wanjo.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, but that was probably the most enjoyable game I had. That was like full house at Tynecastle. Celtic fans were so loud. Uh, I remember uh, I was in the corner. There was a Corners against. There was on the post. I don't know who it was to this day, but I was like O'Neill, your wee
0: fanny. I knew it was someone I knew. Could have been anybody, really. Um, yeah. uh, it could
5: have
0: been. I filmed this. It was. Probably no, you. no, it was Christian. I think it was <laughs> me actually. <laughs> <I'm a> bit, <laughs> I do remember
3: I'm standing it. at the post, aye, because Fulton had
5: have been.
3: Maybe actually. Aye. Like, and, he was standing. Nobody knew it was
0: Premier He was standing, he had he was standing on the right-hand exactly post.
3: That's exactly what think was would be st- He was standing <laughs> on the right-hand post, and Fulton had been. And every time Fulton had been there, everybody was like, "Look, he is absolutely fucked." And then <laughs> I remember, again Chris comes on, and the boy was saying, "Who the fuck's this little cunt?" And I was like, "That's <laughs> a cunt. you know. And then the next time, everyone's gone mental. <laughs> but I mean, it's so obviously uh, that period during your pomp. Can you tell people the circumstances between Jeffrey's new contract and then Jeffrey's leaving and a new manager coming in?
5: Yeah. Uh, so it was all like I said from eight, like that moment I got told I was going to Hearts for John Brady at Granton. Mm. It was eight years of just trajectory mm-hmm. really It was I never ever got Pulled aside to say You're, you're not going to get a contract or you're, It was always just a belief That I was going to Make mm-hmm. it at heart So that was the You know I never Once doubted it To be honest um, Until Craig Levine came in <laughs> That's, that's <laughs> as simple as that Obviously uh, Jeffrey's got the job At, at Bradford mm-hmm. uh, And that was a shock Because I didn't know it. i seen it on Sky mm-hmm. And I just All of a sudden I was on the verge Of maybe signing a You know A long term contract to the point where, right, okay, my, my career's maybe a little bit in jeopardy here. It depends who comes in. And I think it was quite quick, Paul and Craig Levine. I think he got in very quickly, I think. Uh, a couple of days, I think. It was very, very quick. quick. And So I, I knew at that time that I, I had zero chances to like, just Craig Levine and I hadn't seen kind of previous to him coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked me to go to Cowden for loan. I'd said no because I was kind of close to the first team and from that moment he never spoke to me. Hmm. He'd always come into Plaincastle. he just blanked me completely. So as soon as he got that that job I knew mm-hmm. I was done.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And everybody was saying don't be daft you scored the goals in the first team you have played brilliant against the Old Firm. And, b- and by that? the way I don't think I was 100% ready to be in the first team. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. saying I was a complete player I'm not saying I Was untouchable or anything like that, but I was 19 year old and scoring goals and setting up goals in the first Cause team because you scored and in the UEFA
3: Cup as well. But it's yeah, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. so at this stage, it was a bit of a yeah, it was a bit of a hammer blow. But uh, yeah, I remember Levine came in the first day he got introduced to the squad. Uh, Chris Robinson brought him in and to meet all the squad. It was a big circle of the players, he was going around the circle. I was in between, kind of, I think it was. Uh, Scott Severin and Kenny Milne Mm -hmm. and he shook Scott Severin's hand came to me completely missed me out fucking hell man in front front of the whole squad Jesus and then shook hands with Kenny Milne and both of them just looked at me and goes you're fucked Hmm. and it was a bit bizarre it was like he did take that personally I believe obviously to say no
3: doesn't sound like Craig Levine
0: that does it? I can't even I can't believe that Craig Craig Levine acted like a prick it's remarkable you know uh, (laughs) And I, the, the
5: funny thing is that Craig O'Vean was the nicest guy in the world at one point, you know, when he, before he got his injury and that. He mm. it was the life and soul of the party. He would, he would arrange all the Christmas night outs. He, would, he was a laugh a minute. I do think the injury probably, it was a blow to him a little bit, obviously, to his, his personality maybe, because he had to retire so quick and lost a, probably a lot of earnings and things like that. But I, I do think he did change a lot, not with, not just with me, but a lot of players.
3: And how did it uh, how did it happen? Can you talk us through how it actually happened? You know when he brings you in for the conversation to to see you, he's the yeah,
5: one. Yeah, so he, he brought me into the office, uh, and I had to walk past Peter Houston to get to the office. Mm-hmm. And Houston, Peter Houston's head was down; he was like mm-hmm. on the computer. So I was like, "I know what's coming here." Eh? Yeah, because I played with Houston won the BP Youth Cup with him. Done quite a lot of good things. So, uh, Levine was uh, sitting at his desk. It was very quick. It was almost like had a half smile on his face, almost. Uh, just said, you know, we've decided not to renew your contract. It was like, even though I knew it was coming, it was still Obviously, horrible. Because you know? uh, all of a sudden, your your life is set out, and then next minute you're on the scrap heap. Essentially,
2: mm-hmm. had, he, uh,
5: had he had you had you even actually seen you a trainer at that point? I, I was flying in training, but that's the thing. I played. I played a few reserve games. I scored. Uh, a double up in Aberdeen at Patodre. He was at the game for the reserves, and he went mental. at mean, at halftime, it was just like no matter what I did, he, he just wasn't having it.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, so I played quite a lot of games for the reserves. Looked sharp, felt good, but it just kind of gradually became more apparent that you know there, there was no future for me under him. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. You know, there was like four or five other the young kids that got released as well. So. He had in his mind probably trim the squad and bring his own players, which is his, his prerogative at the end of the day. Uh, and there's no guarantee, you know, if, he, if Levine never came in, that I would have made it anyway. Aye. So uh, yeah, it was it was difficult to take. And like I said, my reaction to it probably could have been a hell of a lot better. You mm-hmm. see, players get released all the time now, but I think it was because it was so so close to my heart,
2: mm-hmm. being
5: Hearts, that that it was it was more difficult to actually accept.
3: Okay, yeah, so, I mean, you went to I know, a few number of clubs after that, Beric. Atlantis, um, a good swimmer, were you? What's that, buddy? I said, when you went to Atlantis, were you a good swimmer? <laughs> um, <laughs> Toronto, Des Moines, Sparta. anyway. What people are interested in, first and foremost, is what's the best bust-up you've ever seen in a dressing room?
5: Probably, see. Did you don't see that guy? It was, it, was, it was a youth team game. Uh, came in, this Irish boy, Barry Smith, who's mm-hmm. uh, from Dublin. He actually dated Sadie Frost. Do you remember him?
3: Oh, aye, aye.
5: Kate Moss's best friend, he was, he, was, he was in the papers and all that. I, don't, I went to America and he was like dating this celebrity and all that. It was an absolute mental case. And, and this, this boy, Maxie, came in and started to say, Pick up your man, pick up your man. And it literally just, I've never seen a head, but so cleanly connected. <laughs> and it actually, like, I, I was speechless for a bit. And ever hour after it, it, was the, it, was it looked so painful. Mm. Actually, the boy I had to go to hospital. He broke his nose, like, teeth, like, it was just like, bang. And I, I never <laughs> ever said a bad word to Barry Smith ever again. I mean, there's, a, <laughs> there's a few guys, you know, Jim is he would pick guys up and all that I remember I was in the changing room for the 6-2 game
2: mm-hmm.
5: Jose was, like that smile off your face uh, but Dope. obviously he was, a big fan. he was involved in the 7-0 game mm-hmm. so he was like, I can't remember who he picked someone up and I threw the, the kettle it was like proper like Alex Ferguson hairdryer stuff like his face was turning purple uh, and that was I think that was the moment he realised he wanted to leave I think
0: but he ran absolutely oh, nuts went crazy Dope. That's ironic Because I was the first time I wanted them to stay <laughs> It's quite I funny
3: actually. It. I don't know if you saw This week Peter Schmeichel Was on Talking about The worst, worst burst up And he said It was when uh, Liverpool played my United, The three all game For the the 90s When my United Went three now out up And uh, Liverpool came back And scored three goals And he said After the game Alex Ferguson Just picked him out And says, You are the worst Fucking goalkeeper I've ever fucking seen In my fucking life You're a useless <laughs> Danish punk and on and on and on and eventually Schmeichel gets up and starts tirading back at him eh? and he said as soon as I started doing it I was looking at all the players and they were going what the fuck are you doing and uh, <laughs> he literally was like <laughs> alright so the next again days he's never slept or anything like I went back in I'll go in and I apologise to Alec Ferguson he walked into Alex Ferguson's office I first looked at him he goes you're sacked just pick your stuff up just get the fuck out of this football club I never want to see you again he was like, "What?" You know, and then um, Roy Keane came in and he said, uh, "He apologised to the players for shouting at your boss." And he said, "Oh, did he? Right? Okay, you can stay then. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> okay. But um, who was the maddest player
5: you ever played? You Steve Fulton. Really? He was absolutely crazy. And what uh, way? In the sense, it just be like when he got when he got drunk and all that. He was just. Like put his false teeth in a pint of beer and all that and <laughs> set fire to stuff and all that he was just great lad great player uh, <laughs> he set fire to stuff great lad <laughs> <laughs> that's just what he did just set fire to stuff but, so, um, I would have thought you would have said Pasquale Bruno no Pasquale Bruno yeah he was uh, something else obviously banned banned for life in Italy mm-hmm. came over the hearts I remember the tackle on Chris Jackson do you remember that? He was literally just stud, studded his neck, and then winked to the fans. Uh, legend. <laughs> to be fair, but I uh, told you that story before. Did he, get, did, uh, he
0: get did he even get booked for that? I didn't think he did. I think he did I get booked for that. Yeah, me. I didn't think he did. I didn't think he go. I have got a free and kick, and that was it. For so, like somebody fucking basically trying to decapitate one of your fucking players. It's like, <laughs> ah well, it's a derby. <laughs> it was a wee wink to the fans. That was like. He went
5: down in Gorgie fo- folklore there. what was the story
3: about the, the the dry cleaning
5: I just it was I, know, I forgot I forgot that story actually I told you went
3: to pick it up and he wasn't he happy went, with
5: it. he went up so absolutely he, he went absolutely mental Yeah, he came up to the, the the dry cleaners and went absolutely mental at like this like Seventy-five. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is it like? could the gone absolutely mental and all that. This is—you've shrunk all his gear and all that. His socks and his underwear and all that mm-hmm. just went absolutely mental with this wee this wee woman. Now, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it was just absolutely mental, man. Honestly.
3: Best Somebody goal asked... you scored in a professional game, and I'm counting youth in that as well, obviously. Um, probably
5: the best goal scored was against Kilmarnock youth team mm-hmm. I got someone through it to me I was about 35 yards out on the touchline it was like just a short throw and I've left like my wrong foot left foot volleyed it into the far top corner mm-hmm. it was I mean I was aiming I never aimed for the far top corner I aimed for the target and uh, Peter Houston was raving about that goal after that was probably easily the best goal I've ever see I thought you were
3: like... going to see the one against Scotland for Hearts that was a good when... goal the one that the pretext yes. to that was we were watching the Man United and Bolton game and Giggs had done the, th- where they took the ball in for his throw and flicked over the boys he and void it except he hit the bar It came doing and he did it in and you were playing on the Tuesday I'm going to do that against Scotland and he'd done exactly the same except it went in and we were it wasn't yes. that much <laughs> of a crowd there and we were all sitting behind the Scotland w and the, whoever the Scotland manager was at the time goes who the fucking hell was
5: that <laughs> and as if to see he was was- like, why is he no playing for us you know <laughs> that was a big huge disappointment for me that never got into that team because mm. that, that, that team played live on Sky Sports as you know the schoolboys. boys Aye. Um, I think they played down in Newcastle against Mike Cologne and all that that year so mm. to miss out on that which I was far I mean scored a hat-trick at the trials and to get to not get picked was an absolute disgrace to be honest <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they done, the coach was a Dungeons United coach and all the Dungeons United players got it no, so I it was very biased that,
3: actually. at that level all right, so this is something we're going to expand to everybody, but we'll get yours first. What's your worst ever hearts eleven for a bit of fun?
5: Yeah, so I've got obvious... Now, Paul might disagree with this, but I think Joel Pereira, for mm-hmm. me, is the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen. Um, absolutely 100% responsible for our relegation last year, in my opinion. <laughs> I think the points that we would have won... Mm-hmm. Where be 100%? 89, percent <laughs> Okay. Honestly, let's <laughs> say there were so many goals that, that that was his fault. I would say it was about seven or eight goals that were maybe more mm-hmm. that were were, were were absolutely pathetic attempts to save. By the way, I think he's a good goalkeeper. And you know, in the modern day, <laughs> goal well, I mean, apart from shot stopping,
2: mm-hmm.
5: apart from saving the ball, he's, he's quick off his line. He's he's good at catching the ball. Paul. He's got good distribution. He's got everything. And so that that you wanted to keep
0: it apart from saving Yeah,
5: exactly. <laughs> and honestly, we dive out the way shots. Honestly, it was it was so bad that it definitely had effect on us getting relegated. Okay. Definitely. So right back, for a guy called Barasa. I can't remember his first name. Oh, fucker! Um, uh, Lith- yes, Lithuanian right back. Mm-hmm. Absolute slept away player. <laughs> uh, one of the worst. Yeah, one of the worst right backs I've ever seen. Uh, David Winnie at centre half, ex Aberdeen, <laughs> St Mirren. Mm-hmm. A, I don't know. you guys will probably remember him more than me. Aye. I think he was half decent at Aberdeen, was he not? Uh, mm, I think he, was he was, like, like,
3: played in a good tea Aberdeen team, I
5: think might have helped him. He was exceptionally poor for Hutch. Mm-hmm. Uh big like Kevin James, uh, uh obviously unstoppable in there in both boxes, but but on the bumble. ground, extremely mm-hmm. poor and, and like a giraffe could turn quicker. Uh or, you know Uh you know, Fabien Leclerc at left back, French guy. Uh, nice guy. You know when you start off with nice guy, that, that means ah.
3: you're a bad player. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah.
5: Lovely guy. Uh, liked a good, uh, good red, glass of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he only got signed because
4: he was Adam's half brother, or brother in law, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think That was a taxi driver
5: at the training. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was he was dreadful. Uh, I've got Stephen Boyack at right Wade mm-hmm. uh, Tip, I think, you know. Levine loved him I think he was obviously had a good engine and all that but football mm-hmm. wise I thought it was really really poor uh, Big Mo Bertha Paul do you remember him? Uh, I think remember uh, him African centre centre mid played a couple of I think we were fighting relegation he was he was really poor I put Jeremy Goss obviously Jeremy Goss a good player uh Norwich. He always scored those famous volleys. Aye. I remember the first the anticipation at his first day at training. We were doing volleys at the end, and everyone was, "Oh yes, we're going to see Goss's famous volleys." Scored the Anfield that belter against Leeds, and he absolutely skied it into the river. <laughs> <laughs> it went about forty-five yards over the bar. His first volley, and it went, and that was as good as it got his could career. To be fair, really poor. Uh, and Lee Jenkinson, wide left, mm-hmm. big, big unit kind of guy couldn't. He could. He was quite quick actually, but had zero zero ability. he'd Fall <laughs> for the ball. He'd, he'd do the step over. That would. It was his one move, and it would just never work. Uh, he was so bad at uh, left wing. Uh, then up front, I've got Darren Beckford, <laughs> ex Oldham. Very poor. Very poor touch. Wasn't the quickest. I think he scored maybe one goal. Paul, I don't know. Oh, a, couple, I think, but it wasn't good. a couple, yeah, and Hans Eskelson oh, for that miss against Hibs alone. <laughs> he was a, he was an obviously the probably a bit worst players that I've played, but aye. I think he was, he was, he was really, really poor. All uh, right, Swedish then. Um, he looked, looked like Bon Jovi. <laughs>
3: oh, Christ,
5: played like
0: him as well.
3: Aye, um, musically too. Uh, <laughs> right, Jose, flip it round the gear, your Hibs one. Right,
0: first of all, Could I just say the rules? How many keepers could I pick?
3: One. <laughs> it's a football team.
0: It's another <laughs> <laughs> Like, fucking... Honestly, I could have had about fucking five keepers. It took I me mean, a fucking hour he just go through. Right, how bad was he? Well, was he maybe worse than him? It was like that. it took fucking ages. I've ended up... We got Skalson. He actually managed to be Malkowski. That's how fucking bad a mm-hmm. goalkeeper he was. It was... Kim, what's... my my abiding memory, um, is... He played in a friendly, Hibs and I think it, I think it was in Dublin. And Hibs had been looking for a keeper for a while, and it was like, right, okay, Hibs had got a fucking, like, decent running fucking goalkeepers and sort of stuff like this. And then we go, oh, he got in and he played brilliantly in a fucking friendly in Dublin. And everybody that was at the game on fucking, they're on they're there. I, he looks like he's definitely going to be a really good goalkeeper. He's going to be fucking absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. And then his career happened. <laughs> it was just like the most fucking ridiculous fucking goals. And it it's kinda one of I always I always think we goalkeepers that you can make a lot of good saves. And I kinda of, I kind of try to balance it out, If you make a lot of good saves, but then you fucking throw a few in, I'm like, ah yeah, I can turn with that I can live with that he never made any good saves and made a cunt <laughs> fucking everything it's like it's actually a remarkable fucking achievement to fucking get a career in professional football like they fucking turned into data ends up that aye uh, no he he I think is the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen okay. fullbacks fullbacks uh, Michael Hart who was near a bad player He wasn't a bad player at all until he came to Hibs and he was fucking dreadful Jamie McQuelkin who is a fucking I think he's a bad player and he always has been a bad player Mm-hmm. set of halves I've got Michael Nelson and ugh, I was kind of struggling with this I was kind of struggling with like really bad set of halves I put I put a kind of limit on the amount of games that people have played because I'm like I'm not going to turn around and fucking say the worst player i ever played for I've played two games because they haven't had much of an impact so I kind of put like about 20 games or whatever but Owen Tudor Jones as well that, that is fucking true the worst set of halves I've ever seen Ne ability on the board one not dominating in the air and were positionally fucking suspect. Both of them played by Paul Hanlon, and I tend to go. Paul Hanlon has managed to get fucking clear, with fucking football, despite playing amongst some of the fucking worst set of halves I've ever seen for any clubs at all. It's like it's actually remarkable that he's got the fucking mental fortitude to fucking like have continued fucking playing despite the amount of fucking hoodies that he's fucking played. With. It's mm-hmm. r- <laughs> absolutely fucking ridiculous. Uh, midfield, I've got. This is a harsh one. It's Benny Brazil, who played about a million games for hits. and never showed any ability at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's actually quite difficult to do that. I think uh, I've got I fucking, Ken, What I haven't actually what the team doing. I've actually lost the rest of the midfielders. Uh, Winger, In this this one, I feel bad about. But he might actually be included in Paul's fucking team as well, as uh, Danny Swanson. <laughs> there's, players, there's players that you've got a bit of expectation about as well. Danny Swanson was a good player with St Johnston, he, he really was a good player with Dundee and stuff. And he loved Hibbs. The reason why he that Hertz, called it Hertz's quarter is because he was a non-trying and useless fastball. We have sports. Hib supporters fucking like, no, you're absolutely brand new. Your old man's got a loser in the week, You can't be all bad. And he never kicked the ball for us. You know, it was like, he's maybe somebody that needed a goal or something, but perhaps his performances were just absolute fucking shite. They were, they were just brutal. Uh, up front, I've got Rowan Vyden, who was once sold for £2 million. <laughs> once sold for £2 million. And it's like, if anybody ever wants to fucking an absolute demonstration of how fucking mental English fit was. Rowan Vine <laughs> was once sold for £2 million. Somebody who was very close to getting on my team but didn't quite was Matt Dory, who just got sold for £15 million last week. <laughs> <laughs> Were the worst fucking hip players I've ever seen and completely fucking heartless with it. Got sold for fucking like £15 quid, fucking like eight years later or something. It's just <laughs> It's just a remarkable fucking thing. Not every player, not every player that's been in your worst team is necessarily a bad player. They just didn't fit. They just didn't fit in that fucking side. The but, so who's your other striker? Uh, other striker, I've went with Amadou Conte. <laughs> <laughs> I've went with Amadou Conte, who had a touch like a trampoline, and it was just, it was just ridiculous. It was when hardest working cuts I've ever seen on a fucking football pitch. He turned in and he just chased everything, he fucking tried to move everything down and he just had no the ability there whatsoever. He did qualify us for Europe. He did qualify us for Europe before he scored a goal. he's going to go he's more ago he's only goal and on he's hip <laughs> So <laughs> I and as so I, suppose I, I, I didn't feel bad about it was just I just really, really wasn't very good. Striker was actually a difficult one we had because we didn't tend to have that many strikers that an absolute shite for that long. It's like Hibs, through my entire time watching them, have tended to have at least one good striker. And if somebody's shite, then they tend to fucking get dropped and fucking get replaced fucking fairly quick. It's like Hibs have always tended to have reasonable good strikers. So striker was actually quite a difficult one. yet, but how most fucking the rest of them fielders. I'll come back.
3: <laughs> Aye, you'll be That's talking to yourself. <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll give you mine Most of them, as I they are from a, a specific era Apart from two, I think Um, Goalkeeper is Ian Andrews Lost five at Ibrox Which was bad enough Then lost three against Aberdeen Which was actually the 30th anniversary this, 31st anniversary this week And you have to see these goals to believe them To actually see that a man can see them So shite that he was actually replaced by Alan Ruff Who was better <laughs> Well, I. <like, aye. laughs> Right back is Strachan's uh, golfing buddy Paul Telfer, who was uh, Jackie McNamara's replacement. And Jackie McNamara was offered six grand. Bumped into Telfer's brother on the golf course two weeks later to find that Telfer was on twelve grand a week at Celtic, and he was fucking was. hopeless. Absolutely fucking hopeless. Uh one you'll probably not remember, same era as Ian Andrews Paul McLaughlin, left back early nineties, absolutely dreadful. Looked like, look like Mike Galloway But made Mike Galloway look like Franz Beckenbauer um, <laughs> Dreadful Centre half, Steve McCahill We played against him Barton in 1989 Scottish Cup He had a half decent game He came in for his first game Against the Huns For some fucking reason And managed to score an OG in the first minute By heeding a ball Off a wall for a free kick and Over a Pat Bonner's heed Which was gone nowhere Managed to deflect it in other centre-half was uh, Wally Garner who first two games for us scored three own goals. Um, <laughs> and, that's true. Uh, one against Aberdeen, two against St Murn and um, ended up being Alec Ferguson's assistant manager when they won the Cup Cup and all this kind of stuff. Round the week when Archie Knox fucked off. Um, Redfield right, Martin Hayes, pivotal in the Arsenal 89 Championship team. Fucking pish when he was with us the entire time. Heart of a mouse. Rubbish. Stuart Slater, West Ham 1.5 million managed to score one goal that was d- treated like VED when it actually went in and it was a deflection <laughs> um, this is a pa- no it was against Aberdeen he actually, it was a midweek game and he actually hit a ball that deflected off a guy and honestly there was almost a pitch invasion um, when it went in just because he had <laughs> scored a single fucking goal the other two were a double package that you probably don't remember uh, at the time for many years after before one of them made a name there were party a double act that CLA fans called They Two Brick Cunts. Uh, Gary Holt and Justin Whittle, who played for us uh, at Old Trafford, believe it or not, um, as a package with Lou Macari had signed up and thought, pl- I was just sign two players for the British Army, that will go do well, you know. Um hopeless the um, Bridges man you can't argue with that <laughs> <laughs> number 9 is Wayne Biggins who was brought in to replace uh, Jerry Creaney who was tearing up the league and sold to Portsmouth he never scored a single goal for us another Lou McCary master masterstroke the other 2 I was Kenny, and I'm pushing it well, I was going to say Kenny Muller just because he's got the touch of a fucking elephant and uh, the brain of an infant but he did come onto a supporters bus in Dundee last season the season before and have a bit of banter which I thought was alright otherwise he would have been struck to hell but because he'd done that I've put in Tony Cascarino who you know was so bad that he managed to his first goal for Celtics against Hearts which Tommy Coyne laid on a plate for him three yards yes out it and he almost but he also managed to almost miss by hitting the ball Aye. back at Henry Smith who then squirmed it into the net Five, six minutes later, he managed to punch Craig Levine for near apparent reason at a corner and get sent off. Um, you can't punch Craig uh, Levine for the apparent reason. It's Craig Levine. A wee bit jostling <laughs> at a corner and all of a sudden McCaskerino just flows on with a right hook. I um, wish so, done it harder than I have had a few. True, true. So uh, and just because of the money we paid for him and his reputation and all that kind of thing. And I'd seen him for, for Ireland, you know, big strong and all that kind of thing. He was fucking terrible. So... And if they had a the manager It would be Lou McCary So Paul Down to you Yeah I'm a bit Different in, on this That I've included
4: guys That never had much Of a career with But purely on the basis That they were so Aye. Fucking bad They even be forgotten Or erased from mm. my memory So I actually got where Chris was coming we, Coming from With Pereira Because I nearly had them myself Like the amount game Last season That were on a knife edge And he let one in You wouldn't even point And say it's deliberately His fault Aye. But points, but I went with Edwardus Kurskis, who was quite honestly the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen. The Hearts players used to call him Eddie Onehand at training. <laughs> <laughs> he got two games on the bounce, one at Ibrox, we were 1 nil up into the 90th minute or something, and he dropped in one of the worst goals you've ever seen a nothing ball in the air, mm-hmm. slipped through his, arms, through his legs. How was that again? Right, and then he followed it up with a game against Inverness a week later selling two goals and deliberately got himself sent off because he was having a fucking disaster. (laughs) (laughs) So we ended up, we used our subs and ended up with Lee Wallace and goals. And we hosted the 94th minute. Honestly, he was, and it was, at the point, he was replacing Craig Gordon. Craig Gordon was getting kept on the bench with Mm -hmm. some kind of Vlad (laughs) flu. Ridiculous, man. Um, Right back, I've got Barasa as well that Chris Hud, honestly one of the worst football players I've ever seen. Like he was keeping Nielsen at the team and he made Nielsen look like fucking careful. It was he was he had no neck either. He was a wheelpie bastard, I hate him. <laughs> um centre half, I've got Kevin James.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Chris said he was good in the air. I will dispute that massively. He was six foot seven and he was six foot one when he jumped. <laughs>
2: uh,
4: David Kucharski, a Polish boy we signed in the Vlad era, wow. looked like an absolute psychopath. But he had absolutely no aggression on the park, and he—they had never seen a football before. I'm actually convinced some of these boys that Romanov signed had never played football before. To be perfectly honest, we used to get about forty trialists a week. Uh, left back was a Levine signing for a couple of seasons back, Rafael Grizelak. He was absolutely fucking awful. Positionally he, like, horrible. It was terrible. He used to dive into tackles. He used to get sucked all over the place. He was fucking lucky. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was slow. He could be passed. Literally, any attribute you name it, he never had it. It was fucking terrible. Um, my midfield, and I feel bad for this one because the guy was a massive jumble. But Kevin Twaddle, he was fucking. Oh,
3: that's low. I mean, that man's been through hell. I'm not denying it.
4: But friend like, on it as well. I'm not denying it but like he came on in the 5-1 game against Hibs like the uh, one where De Vries scored four and he, he was only on for about 50 minutes and was the worst player in the park he was fucking terrible he tried <laughs> a, he, he tried a step over and ran the ball out of play and he stayed himself he went my career never improved for that uh, in the <laughs> middle I've, I've also got Goss like I didn't remember him that well but I remember like the excitement scoring that volley against Bayern and whatnot, mm-hmm. and he was just fucking hopeless um, Marius Kishi's was a Lithuanian boy that came in he came in early doors under Robertson before oh, flooded us with people and he would take a competition winner he was fucking abysmal
3: or competition a loser touch a sex offender oh, Jesus fuck <laughs> we're slaughtering <laughs> Kevin <Kenny laughs> Twaddle who's been through hell now we're talking about sex offenders
4: <laughs> on the left also got Lee Jenkinson mm-hmm that fucking daft step over and try to knock it past somebody was... I still see it. It's fucking mm. horrible. How often do you just go Basledger? Basledger? I think he, was was he Is player. he still your most expensive player ever? He was a monumental waste of money. I don't think he was that bad a player. He just never got a fucking game. Maybe for the money aspect, he might have been one of the worst players ever. They were
5: saying ever. he was the fastest player in Europe and they were saying at training he was slow <laughs> as anything. <laughs> slow as a <laughs> <as laughs>
4: in the field. He's a split in Okay, <laughs> up front, Paul. Um... Well it's a tough one this um, Chris O'Neill.
2: Yeah,
4: uh, <laughs> I knew that. <everything>, yes. Hopeless. <laughs> nah, um, David Whitaven was one of them. Oh, he scored against Hunster, you know. Uh, he did, but only because McGregor let it trickle through him for about thirty yards. That was he that was, that was absolutely... also the
3: game, which is a recurring theme that Naismith died for the penalty, eh? Or was it? it was aye. It aye. I was, like, he, he was that
4: bad that like Laszlo used to slaughter him after every game, but he, he played him to, He wanted a new striker in and we wouldn't release funds for one, so he kept playing them and then slaughtering them in the press after that. And that's when you knew that last was in the way. He was like, he's a nice laddie, but he's not good enough. I'm like, well, why do you keep fucking playing him then? Um, and the other one, he only played a couple of games. And I was tempted to put Benny Eustace, who was one of the worst football players I've ever seen, but Arcadius Klimak gets an odd... We unveiled him <laughs> sitting on a horse. <laughs> His he's, he's publicity <laughs> pictures were him sitting on a horse With a big jacket It wasn't even like a hair strip or anything like that <laughs> And he looked about 35 stone He, he actually looked bigger than the horse and he, <laughs> he, he got a couple of games Before he was swiftly packed Back to fucking Kynes. He was Polish He was absolutely terrible But honestly there was bit fucking 50 players You could have picked for the Vladera that made like a handful yeah. of appearances I've got
3: admit, I hadn't even heard the half of <laughs> and certainly when I thought back to some of the the Walter kids and Kenny Blacks I thought that's but well I suppose that's that uh, we'd like to thank Chris for coming along and finally being an interest in O'Neill um, <laughs>
2: we are...
5: when, 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 sorry Paul reminded me a good story there remember that Rodney Marsh story Paul was talking about getting sucked all over the place <laughs> it just reminded me of that story when Rodney Marsh played for uh, Fulham and the manager goes You've, at half time he goes you, you play that again I'm going to pull you off at half time and he goes that's brilliant boss because at QPI I only got an orange
3: <laughs> we can thank <laughs> Match of the 70s for that story that nobody's ever heard before <laughs> uh, well we'll thank that and uh, we're taking a break now to next year um, it's been great, it's been a good run But well, you know, you need to keep things fresh and vibrant And all the rest of it That's what Paul tells me in the bedroom
0: so, we'll, see if still, we'll see if Hertz are still a that we'll see if are still alive <laughs> at that point um, <laughs> <laughs> We'll see if are still
5: alive at
3: that point What James Anderson in the back oh, <laughs> um, Alright, so uh, we'll go with a song And it's a, it's, this is a message to um, all the Sefco fans Who thought they won the league They clearly have the. And I've also got to dedicate this to dedicated listener Paul Lee, who listens all the time and gives us good and bad vibes. So take it easy, all, and we'll see you next year. Kesarasara.